and Boba Fett. It's a trap! Welcome to A Spoonful of Podcast, where we dive into the magic of Disney destinations, searching for a great big beautiful tomorrow. Broadcasting from the backside of water. and welcome to episode 116 of A Spoonful of Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Dickens, here with my co-host, Brian Cassian Galloway. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Evan. Hey, Spoonies. How are you today? That's your middle uh, name, right? Be... Cassian? Yeah, middle of my spo- yeah, Spoonie. Uh, Cassian. Yeah, there it is. No, my, actually, it's Cassian Spoonie. It's a, it's a new one. Oh, there. oh, okay, wow. <laughs> so we actually have a very special guest, um, with us today. Brian, why don't you introduce him since it is you who has met him in person and me only virtually so far. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited, Evan. This is this is good. Um we uh, I recently got to meet Derek Frank at a, a, a conference that we went to called The Thing, which we did talk about last episode, which was a which was a great thing. And I w- I was um and he can obviously talk more about it, but one of the things that really uh struck me about him was he had a backpack with tons of star wars pins all over the place he was carrying around all over the place and yeah he was a star wars fan and you know he said, he said obviously and uh right off the bat uh, you know I, I knew that he was going to be a great person to have on the podcast one day so derek welcome to welcome to our podcast well it's good to be here and it was it was great meeting you at the thing it, you know it, it, it's always cool because you you hit it off with certain people and you know from that first day on the vip event when we got our blue rum or our, our blue milk with rum I knew that you, know, you and I were going to be buddies. Yeah. What a mixture there, milk and rum. I don't know about that, but yeah, none of the, the famous blue milk in Batu for sure. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. It was very good. People very like good. the blue a lot better than the green. That's for sure. Yeah, the green, the, yeah, the green tastes like uh, grass clippings. It's uh, not that good. You like grass clippings, right? <laughs> yeah, I drink it all the time. So, uh, Derek, what I wanted to do is, you know, uh, uh, thank you so much again for coming on. But we also we're curious about your love for star wars everyone knows that brian and i were disney geeks we're marvel geeks we're star wars geeks we're just geeks all around but uh where did your fandom for star wars kind of start and uh, you know of course then we're going to start talking about andor which is has concluded recently so you know have the floor and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your love for star wars yeah so uh i live in nashville tennessee i've been here just over 10 years and my love for Star Wars started because I have the epitome of the cool uncle. My uncle Phil was like the coolest uncle. Um, you know, every weekend we went out and did awesome, fun stuff with him. He would take us to do things that like your parents just don't do. And cool uncle Phil was a massive Star Wars fan. And so I remember going to his house as a kid and being like four or five years old. And every time I was there, I was like, can we watch Star Wars? He's like, oh, of course we can watch Star Wars. <laughs> and so Great. then um, he had a son and his son's about, I think he's three and a half, four years younger than me. And I remember being, re- I actually remember being this little because I petitioned for him to name him Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. 
I feel like I won that battle because they named him Skyler. Oh, <laughs> oh they did. Look at that. They did. They wow. did. So as as we grew up together, it was, you know, the thing that all of us did as a group. And, and we had all the video games. I remember from NES to Super Nintendo, all the way up to Nintendo 64, where we we played all the Star Wars games together. We did all that stuff. And then when I got to go to Disney for the first time and got to go on star tours i was it, it was game over at that point like there was there was no turning back from my love for star wars so talk about that a little bit your first, so of course we're all disney park celebrities that's our main our main focus is walt disney world but we talk about west coast we talk about you know cruise line stuff we talk about all kind of stuff so you mentioned your first time going to disney mm-hmm. how about how old were you and what was your you know, obviously you had to have loved it. You're, you're a Disney nut like we are. <laughs> yeah, um, I was six. And the crazy thing about it, the, this was still in a time when traveling was a lot easier. And my brother was 11 years old and my mom and dad put us on a plane and flew us down to Florida without them. And we met up with my aunt and uncle while we were there. That would never happen today. Oh, no, it would never happen today. No, my, but it was my great. parents did that with to meet at one time to Canada by myself. And I, I to this day I can't believe that that happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and looking back, like there's they're like, oh, we would never allow that to happen now. And <laughs> I, but but it was so cool and 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 it was okay then. Right. Yep. And and yep. it was also neat because I got to see my other cool aunt and uncle. So those experiences just kind of built up and and Disney and Star Wars were you know, my safe place. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, as Spoonies know, I mean, Brian's been going for years and years and years. Um, I think he actually helped found DVC. He's been going so long. <laughs> no, uh, but, you know, I've, I'm fairly recent on the scene now. I, I keep saying that seven or eight years uh, is how often I've been going several times a year, but I, I'm kind of newish on the scene compared to everyone else. But yeah, the, the love for Disney grew very quick and very fast. And so I'm glad that we can all relate here and we have this space we can all talk in and and um yeah. it's just it's it's a great fan community to be a part of and especially our spoonie community you know we appreciate all of y'all that listen and, and loyal to us but let's talk andor um where did this show come from i mean good grief we're talking about something that when we talked about this previous previously like before we started recording um it did start slow and Brian and I talked about this cause we did do an episode on Andor uh, kind of, it wasn't necessarily, I don't know if it was quite halfway through Brian, but it was several episodes in just our initial thoughts of what we were kind of anticipating. Maybe it was three or four episodes in. Um, but I, I was on the bandwagon of, yeah, it was very, very kind of slow to me. And I was a little bit up in the air about it, but then it quickly sped up and it got deep and very story rich and I think that is what uh, is so cool about it. Hey, let me give a couple of little cool facts about this. Brian and I were talking about this. So this is Andor is the first Disney Plus original to have aired on cable and TV. Not only is it that, but it's also um, releasing on Hulu, which it makes the first time a Disney Plus original has been offered on another streaming service in the United States. It, bro- it broke the wall. It, it definitely broke the wall, and it's the f- it's the first one. That's that's massive, especially for for Disney Plus. But it's just massive because these things don't happen normally. And second one is uh, Disney's announcement also makes Andor the first Disney Plus series to have received a multi platform release across Disney owned channels such as ABC and Freeform. So. 
That is going huge. To get an award. I'm, I'm predicting right now. I'm telling you guys, it's going to get an award. Some award. It's going to be nominated for some big time awards, but it's going to get something because it's it's that good. And again, we'll talk about it more. But I don't think people realize it's 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 more of a drama. If you don't know anything about Star Wars, you could probably still watch this. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about it. What makes it different? What what are some highlights? And let's just talk about some of our favorite stuff. So Derek, do you have something that's just kind of in your mind to, to bring up first? Yeah. I, you know, when they first announced it, I was not remotely excited about it. I mean, I loved Rogue One. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Rogue One is probably my second favorite Star Wars movie behind, I mean, Empire, of course. And uh, when, when they announced it, it was like, okay, well, this one's going to be a flop. And it was the one that no one asked for that everybody needed. Yeah. It was so well done. And, you know, I can I can understand people's arguments that it was too slow. But a lot of times in the Star Wars universe, it's like run and gun and it's ready, fire, aim. And this one, I felt like it was just that real steady, ready, aim, fire and building that whole story and that tension. And if you fell off before you got to that point, you missed out. Right. That's exactly right. Um, I felt the same way. And. You know, I, one of the there was a a post on Facebook I shared. This was, uh, I guess, a couple episodes before the end. But this person had put together like a little montage of different scenes and said, "No lightsabers, no blasters, no space battles. Well, if you want to count the tractor beam, but no force powers. Still, one hundred percent Star Wars." And I think that's such a good point it is always so fast and it dives right into what we know and love about star wars so that's not a bad thing but it gave us that star wars feel without some of what we always see of the jedi and the sith and the force and and powers and you know what we kind of have known as star wars has kind of allowed us to reshift our perspective on star wars because it had those elements like um the isb and the empire was very prevalent and you could feel like there was a feeling of the show of them rising up. And then that struggle by like Senator Mon Mothma and her kind of, that was one of my favorite parts of the show is, is her kind of struggle of, of doing what she was trying to do while keeping it so under wraps. And, um, you know, it, it just had a feeling about it that was just different, but it felt very star Wars. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, it's not it's not a show about the chosen one, right? It's not a show about like it doesn't talk about whose blood is infused with um mitochlorians whatever. And I can never say that, right? Like that's we're not talking about that stuff, right? We're talking about people, nobody's you know. And you know what's very interesting is the whole thing about when they die in that they take the people and they put them in the bricks and the, they make bricks yes. out of the wall for them. And that's like there's definitely something to that because basically they're not, they're just, you know, there's people that they're living their lives um, and dealing with stuff. And then when they pass away, they put them, they make a brick and they make a wall out of them. And it's just very interesting. I, I love the attention to detail, which is something that you don't see in a lot of these star Wars movies. Um, they usually jump right into the fights and um, we're seeing raw human suffering that the empire is causing. And, 
that's amazing. You just don't, you don't realize that. And you could, when you go back and look at these other movies, I, you, you always wonder what's going on in the background. How about those people in the town? What are they, how are they dealing with it? Well, that's what they're doing here. And um, they're showing like mundane interactions between people and stuff that normally you, you normally you probably wouldn't care about seeing, but now you really want to because you're you're looking into it and you're seeing, wow, you know, look at these people. They're downtrodden. They're you know, but they all have their own hopes and dreams. But they're but they probably had to take a step back because the empires come in and just like clouded anything that they had planned on in their life from that point on. Right, yeah, and I think Marva Andor's monologue was probably it might have been one of the best if not the best monologue in star wars i totally agree that was i was about to bring up marva um and how she was the um she wasn't silent at all but she was silent she was silent until she had to to speak up and or she kind of kept the background maybe you know she was rebellious in some way she was a part of the daughters of ferrix which i don't know much about i mean yeah as y'all know and brian is a little bit more comic savvy than me but some of these i'm mostly or 100 percent little video game involvement but i've seen all of the shows and movies but this whole um storyline on the the planet of ferrix and and what's you know the security organization that of course the isb comes in and and takes up home the empire kind of kicks them out because of several things you know that we know that happened but yeah Marva's involvement there and then the whole funeral scene at the end and you know you just felt like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time uh, I wouldn't say that I was quite as jaw dropped as I was on the final episode of Mandalorian which I still think Mandalorian is was a little bit better than Andor so we could debate that if we want to but it, I, it M- Mando was still my favorite but this is definitely my second um, as far as just the Disney or, or just Star Wars shows in general. But um, that scene, the funeral, and then her monologue, and then just what happens subsequent after that was very powerful and definitely spoke volumes on such a little lowly planet that nobody really knew about. And that's what I like so much about this. You saw these little acts, these little threads of the rebellion just starting up in little spots. And of course, Luthen, who um, we all have grown to love and his monologue too, right? That he kind of gives to his insider about how much he's had to struggle because he, the guy questions how much he's actually had to sacrifice for this, his role. And he, so two great monologues, both in, in this show. Oh, definitely. So I, so I have one that it's interesting to me now. I think it is named Cyril Khan. So he's mm-hmm. the, yep. he's the Imperial officer who loses his job and goes home and, and and you could see the interaction with his mom and how she kind of just that's annoying. You know, it probably ra- raised him in cruelty, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what you know how and 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 you wonder why he 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 chose the empire, you know, from the from the way his 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 his, his how he was raised. But that just because that that whole every time they they go to him, I'm like, where you know where is this fitting in? I don't. I, I'm yep. not sure. And then you see how he's been molded, and that's you know that's going on, and and. It's it's crazy, and and those are the kind of things that I think, um, I think is what Tony Gilroy is the guy who created this. He he's done that. He's put these little pieces in all over the place, little characters, and they're and the way things are going, and you're putting this puzzle together. It's it's like a puzzle, um, and you go back and you see all the different scenes, and they don't don't always tie together, but then there's something about each one that 
that does tie together afterwards when you think about it more. I, I mean, I, you know, we could talk about the different areas, like that whole, that whole workshop, the whole workshop. It 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 reminds me of like Soylent Green or, or one of the you know 1984. That it's crazy what goes on there, and they did such a good job looking at all the details. And when they have the the prisoners looking across, um, you know, at in one one walkway and then uh, yeah like just, communicating you know, by sign language they're doing yeah. a sign language going back for uh, amazing amazing yeah. stuff you yeah, know how they program. thought of this the time they the amount of time they did designing this and putting this together amazing amazing well and how they kept it all quiet like things get leaked with star wars all the time oh yeah like, we pretty much knew how the last three movies were gonna go like we are a, a pretty good idea and this i felt like i didn't know any of it was going yeah yeah that's a great point um so kino loy who was you know on he was the the head of um like the cassian's you know prison you know group or whatever he was the head secure he wasn't security but he was the head advisor i don't really know what his role was called but he was the head of their little um prison group and he was so you know bought in by the book by the mere fact that he was driven because he knew he was going to get out and he had only a certain number of shifts left to work and uh, he was going to make it out of there. But then all of a sudden he started seeing the, the shift numbers going up after the little rebellion that happened elsewhere on a different floor. And you saw he started losing faith and with Andor's pushing, he, he definitely like a hundred percent lost faith, but then seeing the, the plight of him from so just like wanting to get out of there because of, um, you know, his shifts and then seeing, you know, that they were actually turning against him. He was probably not going to get out to just the breaking and like the deconstructing of his brain to, to try to like um, get rid of his brainwashing away. And then at the very end, uh, those three words of I can't swim or I don't swim when they all started jumping out of the prison to escape. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. That was such a huge moment. And, you know, even Cassian was like jaw dropped and then someone pushed him out. You know, he fell down and, and we swam. But um, Brian, we talked about that a little bit, how the the yearning to get out was stronger than the actual getting out. And, and that was more important to him once he learned what they did. And then, Oh gosh, I forgot his monologue too. So you have three huge monologues where he comes over the speaker and kind of leads all the prisoners to, to, to start fighting. Yep. Yep. Such mm-hmm. a good show. Gosh. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny. And, it, and it's that whole scene of them jumping off. Like we don't know how many of them made it, right? We don't know it. We only know the two. Right. Right? We don't know. I, I guarantee some of them made it, but who knows and where they are and what happened. But that, that reminds me of, if you guys have ever seen Papillon, that movie, that it's, it's like, it's just crazy stuff. And, and I think every scene has a reason and they, again, there's, they, they piece it together so well, but that, that whole scene, that jumping off that, that thing, first of all, that jump, you know, are you going to survive that jump into the water? But who cares? They don't even care. They just go, they're just jumping right off swimming. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell how long they had to swim, but that's a long, you know, especially if you've been inside for all those years and just sitting there walking around your bare feet. That's another thing too. 
I, I, I like to get one of those things from my house um, that you could turn on. <laughs> my kids are a pain in the behind. Get in your, go in your room. Get the bed. You know, like, I need one of those. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they have them at Home Depot, but I got to look for that. Yeah, you just need to be working in your office one day, then yell on program. And see, what <laughs> see if your kids do anything. And if they don't, then you know, I've turned the floor on. Uh, yeah, that's great. That um, would be a pretty good prank of like hide everybody's shoes and then just yell that and see, see yeah, what the yeah, reaction it would be, is. Definitely would be. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would look at me like, what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, so great show. Uh, Derek, Brian, what, what else comes to mind? One of the, the biggest things that like I loved was in Luthen's shop and all of the Easter eggs in there. And then oh, yeah. me, it started bringing up all of these questions. And the number one question I've like, when you guys asked me to do this podcast, I was like, I'm bringing this one up because it's what I think this could be it Go is ahead. that Luthen might be star killer. And if you're not Ooh. like as Ooh. far into the lore, you yeah, might not know, well. but yes. star killer was in force unleashed video game and it is Canon. And in the background, there is a piece of armor that really looks like star killers armor. That's very so, interesting. That's very, very interesting. I haven't thought of that. And that's the, I think you're right. Yeah. And that would make a lot of sense of like what he sacrificed in his monologue and some of the things he said and why he doesn't like the Empire because he was forced into it. I mean, that, what an amazing ship, too. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> that ship was nuts. That, the things it could do, that was, that, that was just so nuts. It, you know, it, was, it was so quick. It caught me off guard. Yeah. And so I'm just hoping that maybe, maybe Luthen was Starkiller and he is, he was a Sith assassin because I'm it, for anybody that doesn't know also, like I am the dark side. My, my studio here in Nashville is, is called the first order studio. And I've got a whole tattoo sleeve of dark side. <laughs> he <laughs> so does got, man like, evidence. So cool. It's yeah. So cool. I've got a samurai Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, I've got, Revan and a Death Trooper. It's yeah, I'm I'm all in. All right. Well, we know uh, where Derek stands on this. So. Yeah, look at it's really cool. It's really cool. No, it's it's so definitely. Cool. Yeah, when the first time I saw it, I was like, oh wow, because I, I could never have the guts to do something like that. I just <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, but I was so envious of him. Yes, I was so envious of him. But that's cool. I like I like seeing that um that kind of intertwining that could be. I know there was Easter eggs like um. Uh, there was a headpiece in the mm-hmm. shop, and there was several things I think in the shop that have appeared in different other movies or iterations, right? Yeah, there was quite a few. Um, like there was a Jedi Temple Guard mask, yes, in there. I saw that. Um, there was some stuff from Kashyyyk. Um, I'm trying to think what else was in there that was really big. Oh, I know the biggest one was the uh, the Sankara stones from Temple of Doom. There you go. So yeah. Indiana Jones had a little bit of a, a cameo in there. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I did not notice that. Oh, that yeah. Cool. Yep. Indiana. Yeah, they're right next to the uh, the holocrons. So I'm trying to think of other, like, the whole, so on Mon Mothma, since, you know, their kind of relationship and coming into the shop and how they have to be secretive. And I guess just the whole, the whole, you know, kind of persona to uphold by Luthen and Mon Mothma and, and all of them to be so secretive and to have to always be on edge 
and have that whole back of the shop. Hey, you know, come to the back and look at some pieces. And you know, that's the kind of cool stuff, like the the mystery side of things. But just being well, her immersed. Husband. Yeah, her yeah, husband was one. Right. Her husband's. I'm trying to figure out what's what's going on with her husband. Like, I mean, that's because eventually, it's like, you know, Mon Mothra becomes a she becomes the leader of, of the rebellion, more or less. And and so she's she's big. And she and, and as, if you go into the Star Wars universe with with the books and stuff, she get, becomes bigger and bigger through the, through the years. But like her husband, like what what's his what's his deal? And I I, I still I'm still kind of guessing that because I don't know. It's a very strange situation. It seems like they don't have the greatest marriage either. Um, obviously, and then the other and the other guy who is her friend is that her friend or is that a former lover? I, I that I haven't gotten yet. I, I don't know if you guys. Yeah, the, the husband to me, it's like he's he's to me, it's like one of two things. It's like he doesn't care, and he's just like a partier, and he just likes to be a part of the upper echelon, and he just likes floating along that, and he has a wife that he doesn't really care about and care what she really does or two he's definitely working on the side of the empire watching her closely but trying not to let on to that Mm -hmm. so i think that's i don't know but i agree with you i'm not really sure about where he stands yeah but again this is what's cool because normally in a in a star wars movie you usually know who's who's who and what they're what they're about it's not you don't have to do the guessing game here we're still trying to figure some of this stuff out you know, um, I, I, there's, there's, I, I don't know. There's some, there's a lot of things that I'm still, I look at it and I'm like, okay, what? It's like that whole band of people that were with him, um, were with Cassian when he, when he was out, um, when, when they blew up the, the station there, where, where are they now? Are we going to mm-hmm. see them again? We don't know this, you know, these, what's going on with them? Are they doing other things? Are they, right. you know, all that stuff is, we're going to see that going further. I know, but there's a lot of characters that, you know, just piecemeal, but they're going to come back later. I hope. Or how about the guy that he um, separates with? That when he swim, when they swim in and they and they land and they go off on their own ways. Where, where does he? Where does he right. end up? Yeah, because he, I mean, he, Andor led him on there. You know, he was like, "We got to go tell people about this." And then the guy just goes on his way. And I think the guy thought that Cassian was going to go and start telling people, but really he was going back to his home planet because he knew the news of of Marva. Um, but yeah, him and, you know, we know Vel, who was the blonde headed lady that was um, a part of um, the the whole blowing up the starship and her relation to Mon Mothma and some of those characters and their involvement, too. I mean, it's just really, yeah, just seeing these these sort of secondary or B characters and their involvement and where they may turn up later and become, you know, more involved or more um you know, a bigger role. So one of them I want to talk about too is, um, I think it was Dedra, right? Or Deidre Miro, the, the ISB agent herself. She was, um, I didn't really character. know what to, what yeah, a great character. Great. Yeah. Car- I didn't, I didn't know what to think of her when she was like first coming on the scene. I'm like, okay, she's just kind of like doing her, her thing. She's kind of going through the motion. She's filing the paperwork. She's doing the investigation. She's kind of just there, but then when she gets kind of taken advantage of by the other guy, I forgot his name, um, but he kind of, you know, pointed the finger at her. But then the guy that's over both of them in the room was taking her side. And then she started gaining some some traction there. And, you know, she started leading things. And then when she started leading things, she was ruthless. And I think 
what's so interesting about her is she was so, I don't know how to say it except corporate. She was so corporate um, to, to follow the rules of the empire and the ISB. And uh, she was ruthless in that way. You know, again, no, no Sith, no powers, no, no force, no nothing, but still a force to be reckoned with. Uh, it's just, yeah. Well, you, you know, it's funny. You don't see a lot of female representation in, in the empire in the first couple movies. Right. And so she's, she's, she's ranging up there. So I'm kind of curious where she's going to end up. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Derek, Derek and your empire, man. Golly. <laughs> you know, and it, it is funny though, even though I'm like very much empire and I, I just love like the dynamic of the empire, uh, that it still kind of goes back to that monologue and different things in Star Wars where the hero still makes you want to stand up. Like right. Mandalorian, you know, when, when Luke walks in, I was oh, yeah. screaming. Oh, like, yeah. I was jumping up and down and screaming. Yeah, they kept that one so hidden. My Brian talked about that, too. Our, my jaw was just on the floor, and I had to, like... My wife is not as crazy of a Star Wars fan as I am. She likes the, the stuff, but, like, I had to rewind it and, like, come and get her and say, watch this, and she, of course, didn't have the reaction I wanted, so I was like, what? But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, what, a, what a scene. I mean, we... We maybe sensed it, you know, it was coming, but it wasn't until, you know, you see the, the ship flying in, you see the, the saber, you know, just, just, I don't know, bleeding the way through all of the, <laughs> the hallways to get to them in the little chamber. But then, yeah, when it was him, it was just, that was just amazing. Yeah. And but, that's, I think that's what they did so well with Andor's. They've made so many like sub stories that every one of them could be their own spinoff. And and maybe that's their intention, but they've done that before and it hasn't really worked. But, you know, like with everything with Mon Mothma and Davo or Davo, whatever, uh, Skolden, and ma- possibly marrying off her daughter mm-hmm. to his son. Yep. And then now there's all these crazy fan theories of maybe that is Ray's parents. Oh. I haven't heard that one. I'm not either. So, wow. Oh, look at this. I've, I've, gone, I've gone deep. I've gone deep into the rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I like the rabbit hole. Yeah, that's interesting. And she, because, you know, the daughter's very um, traditional or either mm-hmm. she's either very traditional or she's letting on to be very traditional for some reason or another. Um, maybe it's just, she seems to kind of frankly not like either one of her parents. Um, definitely not Mon Mothma from, and I, I did see a little uh, posting about the colors in that scene that they're all wearing. You know, they're wearing this outer blue garment with like an inner gold garment everyone except mon mothma she's wearing an outer gold garment with an inner blue garment to show like her own rebellion of the whole arranged situation so even costume choice is plays a role in the storyline here of of putting her in something that's contrasting of color to the situation and i thought that was really interesting um so not only are, are the characters speaking, but their costumes are speaking as well about their stance on things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in, interesting, interesting stuff with the, the daughter and the son there for sure. Yeah. And how we that's going to play with like the empire and, and where, you know, obviously we don't see her daughter in any of the other movies. So does she get killed off? Like it's so right. It, that's that's what I love. It just makes you ask more questions. That's what a good story does. 
Yeah, and absolutely. And they have, and the cool thing about it is they have they have a palette, so they know where they need to get to, right? Because one thing about this whole series is it's going to have an end somewhere because you know we know about Rogue One, but getting to that, they can do whatever they want, right? So they know where they have to get to, and they're just trying to figure out to, along the way, and they're trying to make that happen. Um, that's very interesting. And yeah, I'm, I'm, it's one of the things I know, Evan, you just said, um, so, uh, was there Deidre, right? Uh, what was yeah, yeah. Deidre Mira, right? That, that act, the, um, the woman who plays, um, is named Denise Gao or Go. Um, they, they've said that her, that role is this one that could come up for an award. There's, and that's amazing because originally they, you know, Diego Luno is, is, was the person, right? And maybe who knows, but there are so many other characters now that have just come up to a point where they they have caused people to to look at them and say like they're doing a great job. Now again, this what the funny thing about this is, again, like I just said, it has an end. So we can't have even if this is so good and it, it's great, this can't go on for like five seasons. It's not gonna it, they're gonna run out after a while. Mm-hmm. So it, it it it's interesting to me is that this is a short lived series, which is probably good, but um. I think that they've created some characters that people are going to want to see again down the road. And, and to what um, Derek just said, like we, some of these things, we don't see what happens. Are we going to see them later on? How do we know? Where, where do they end up? It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's going to be very interesting and very, very, very interesting going forward. Yeah. And, and there's times when they do that, where I think they get those fan reactions and the fan theories and stuff. And they use those as storylines. Like, what a, what a great way to write your own script as having your fans do it and then you know you don't say that you took it from them but you give them what they said and then everybody rejoices. Mhm. Pretty smart play. Well that's why um that was the very very first episode this um you know Star Wars I think for the first time adapted a fan created something and that is the the dating system, right? The years, because if you remember the very first episode, I forgot what the year it was, um, but they, instead of like we say, you know, BC or AD or whatever, fans created this before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin. So like BBY and ABY is this dating system that fans came up with. And I think this is one of maybe, I don't know if it's the first, but one of the first times that Star Wars canon accepted a fan created uh, s- uh item which would be that dating system so that was very interesting and a lot of people were were chattering about it online after that first episode and, and you saw the date come up on the screen and they used bby and uh people were saying that they adapted a fan created concept into star wars canon and that was so cool that like the creators did that and recognized it and it's just it's listening to the fans. And that was so cool. Yeah. And I could see a lot more of that happening, you know, especially with them putting all those Easter eggs in, right. in the shop. Like I know one of the other ones was there was a tablet uh, for the world between worlds from rebels. So, I mean, they're, they're opening up that like kind of mult that star Wars multiverse sort of thing. And with that, my, my hope and, and hope, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there that likes the new movies, but my hope is that they go into the world between worlds and they just erase those three movies. (laughs) (laughs) Because then they already made their billions of dollars on them. Now they can make three more of what we really need. Yeah. And I'm, I'm one that didn't hate 
the three movies, I, I understand I why them. they're not them. they're not liked, but like I liked some aspects of them. Um, oh sure, but but overall compared to the others, or even like Mandalorian or Andor, no way at all. They pale in comparison. Um, the, I think one of the creepiest scenes to me, though, in all of Star Wars movies or shows was that huge like they go to the planet that the emperor's from and you see these like this the stadium of the of the emperors um, oh yeah that On was Exegol. yeah that was weird i was like man this is freaky right here but it was pretty cool though um but there was like a couple of scenes that were cool like that but yeah overall is a is those three movies yeah i totally so i want to see i want to see you know you talked about i want to see ezra bridger somewhere along the line it's I, gonna I, happen i think I, he's gonna come in on ahsoka yeah, I, I was thinking of Soka too. I, I yeah. want to see Mara Jade too. We got to see Mara Jade. That's why I was hoping that somebody along the way here in, in this is going to be Mara Jade's going to be somewhere like start maybe as a young child. We'll start seeing her, but I don't. I'm I'm not seeing that yet. But that is well, that, that's where because, you know you know there's the, a there's a Hasbro toy. Like I was at a a a, con, a Comic Con thing this past weekend, and they had a Mara Jade um, figurine, and it was new. And I'm like, well, why are they putting a new one out? What do I not know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would you know, have to usually something you find because it, the they toys kind are of out. Erased, yeah, yeah they kind coming. of erased her with these three new movies, and that you know that's that's where I'm hoping again that that my hope is that they open up the world between worlds. They've already done it. They know people like Ahsoka. They know people like Thrawn. Let's open it up and close out those movies, and they don't have to change the parks. It still exists, but it's in a different spot. Well, that that's that's going to go into this. And this is, you know, what I since I have you here, I'm going to ask you this this question. <laughs> um, so, one of the things about Galaxy's Edge, which I do love, I still feel to this point that Disney's missing by not having more characters, not having the original characters, not having the Rebel characters, not having, uh, I don't know, the Bad Batch characters. I, I think. Or- we we need those. We need more. We need more of those things. And I think we don't care. I don't care if you mix. Uh, I mean, to me, I I would love to. I loved the old, Dis, the Star Wars weekends that used to be there, where you would walk around the park and there would be Star Wars characters up and down the, the the streets all over the place. No matter what you where you turned, you know, you'd see Boba Fett on one corner. You turn around, you see Jango Fett. You'd see. You'd see Darth Vader on one corner. You look, and then the Gamorrean guards are walking around. Like that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then, and then you definitely go see, um, uh, you know, the princesses would be like, like all that kind of stuff. I, it was part. Of, it made it so unique. I, mean, I, I don't know if you ever got a chance. I remember they used to have stormtroopers on top of all the buildings, looking down at everybody. When you walked in the front gate, there were storm stormtroopers up on there. That's what I want to see. That's where I think they're missing because it's such a big thing. Again, maybe I'm wrong, Derek, and, and you just, you know, please feel no, free I, to correct I, me. I think but I just totally think that's right. missing. Okay. Yeah, because if they had stuck to the original plan of making all of these special characters for Batu and, and, and having droids and interactive characters going along, then okay, then I could see not bringing out the classic characters. But they haven't done that. They took that all away and they put it into the new hotel that is failing miserably, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and and so since they haven't stuck with their original plan, I don't care if they go into the universe and, and change it up. Or 
Here's an easy solution. It's Batu from this time in the era from 9 a.m. until noon. And from uh, noon until four, it's this era. And from four until close, it's this era. They literally have endless possibilities that they can do, especially of with course. that's like Avengers Campus, you know, in, in um, out in, on the West Coast. The, with the multiverse and the the introduction of that, you see all characters in, in Avengers Campus because it's different. It's a it's a different universe. It's not the MCU. It's it's its own universe where characters that have died in the MCU are present in Avengers Campus. Same no thing kind cares. of with no that's right. That's yeah, right. No, Same thing. No yep, one's losing sleep over it. No one's complaining. They're just happy to get they get get a picture taken with uh with you know the Black Widow or or anything like that. Yeah, you know, there is yeah, not so, one and, Star and again, Wars fan that would be upset if they saw Darth Vader. That's like, right. Not at no, all. No. As long as you work it into the story. Now, I, I mean, we have to all admit that Disney is huge in in imagining on storytelling, right? So the the image of storytelling and what that is. So I don't think you would probably see another like stormtroopers at the front gates in other lands definitely not like a toy story land or these areas where you should when you go in you're getting full immersion right so that kind of breaks the that's why you don't see you know frontier land cast members walking through Tomorrowland. that's why they have the utilidors and and that that kind of mindset is where i think disney's went a lot more towards that direction so i don't know if we would see like a total park Star Wars takeover, maybe I don't know. I could be it wrong, was, but I'm just saying it was so cool, though. It was. And I, it was I agree, that's cool. I mean, but I don't. I just don't know if Disney would do that or not. Now I bet that they are so mad that Star Tours is outside of like, or not, or not <laughs> well, closer. You know, to, it's to, funny to, you say that because I was on the I Am Geek podcast and we talked about how could they expand Galaxy's Edge, and I said make Hollywood Studios Star Wars retheme everything. Where wow. you just move it out, like the sci-fi dining, just make it a tribute to George Lucas. Leave the cars there and call it American Graffiti, and then have all of his movies and clips and trailers playing in in the restaurant, and then start retheming the whole park because we know they've rethemed Tower of Terror over in California. Why couldn't they redo it to Star Wars? The contract with Aerosmith is up. Why couldn't they retheme Rock and Roller Coaster to something with Star Wars? Interesting. Okay, so that's a good little rabbit hole. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're gonna you will block out some people. You know, mm-hmm. you have you have these um, well, you have people devoted to different to different genres, right? You have some you have fans of all these different areas, right? You have Toy Story is very prominent. You have Toy Story Land, Toy Story Mania. Toy Story has a big role in the parks. You have, of course, Tower of Terror and, and Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, not as much. Fantasmic's pretty big there, right, too. Brian's favorite, the Beauty and the Beast Live show. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He always jokes. Sure That's my favorite. And I can't stand it. Oh, I want to throw it in the trash. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, and then you have Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway and the Chinese Theater. So you would, you would ostracize some people. But the argument is, would you not gain more people because you have a whole park created to this massive fandom? And um, yeah, that's See, very I, I, likely. Toy Story Land, Toy Story Land was a, is, is not what it should be. No, it's I not agree. what it should be. I totally I agree that Toy Story um, deserves it, but I, I don't like what they did. No one cares about it. Indiana Jones. I mean, there's there's a big chunk of, of Hollywood studios that you like. No one cares about Indiana Jones. Mickey's Runaway yeah. Railway is okay, but you have Ratatouille. It's the same thing. I, I mean, like you could you could get rid of a lot of those things, and you could. I mean, in theory, 
it would be crazy to do something like that. But there's a lot, there's not a lot of things like if you did this at Magic Kingdom, you would have people up in an uproar. But there aren't that many things in that park that people really care about so much that they're going to lose sleep over. No, because uh, everything's it, changed from day one. Like, there, yeah. is there anything day one there anymore? Where? At Hollywood Studios. The Muppet Muppet movie? That's about, uh, that... Yeah, and, and that, keep the Muppets and make it the Muppet Star Wars. Right. There you go. <laughs> like, they've that's already right. done that. That's easy. Um, you know, they've, they've got the building that Frozen is in that's been a million different things. That There you go. There's another easy opportunity. Oh, and the whole I Disney Junior. I mean, Star Wars launch bays over there anyways, and you have a bunch of, like, just empty buildings right now. So Yeah, because that's where all the animation was for a while. Yep. But, and not that they'll ever do that. But right. It but it wouldn't cool be the worst it. decision. It be, you know something? I don't think you would have as – I don't think a lot of people would fight. I think people would would embrace that. I would. I mean, I'd be – because – you know, the Toy Story stuff, okay, great. But I don't think that they really went all in on that. I, I still, to this no, day, I it was, like they have it. They, it was rushed, very it, they rushed it. They sl- they jammed it in there. Um, no covering. Uh, it has it, it, not, you know, barely, you know, there's really not much there. And it's kind of, it's it's kind of like a, it's not definitely not a Cars Land or anything. Right. Like they, they didn't put, they didn't put the theming into it. They rushed that one. Now, well, and, and people ask me, they're like, well, what would you turn uh, toy or all the Toy Story area into make it into something they've done Star Wars that's animated. Make it so kids still love it, whether it's Rebels or Clone Wars or the Vision series, Rebellion. any of that kind of Rebellion. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and keep it in that theme where this is where the the younger kids are really going to attach to it. And or keep that and keep like half of the park more of what it is now, and then do the other half Star Wars. I'd like to see the whole thing Star Wars, but that you know I'm biased. Hey, oh, you get it would be amazing. You get you get someone like Eisner back in office. Uh, you he he's the man of crazy things happening in a good way. Uh, yeah, there's you know. going to be a lot happening. You know, with with Chapek being gone and and Iger coming back, there's going to be a lot of changes. Like there was a story today that they're already thinking that Genie Plus is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, so now so now they have a lot of they have some new competition, right? And, 2025 that other park's going to open right um mm-hmm. epic universe yeah epic universe yeah and so they got to do something epic on their end too to to do something that something you know it's not as crazy as you would think Derek. i mean to do something like that that would be the way to combat it i mean you they ha- they're going to have to do something big how are they going to well, get the crowds to go the other direction that, well that you know we we have we're we're derailing some but i love it um, but it's, you know, I think D23 was a letdown in some ways, right, to, to especially Walt Disney World. And then they threw the whole Blue Sky project there at the end where they made these kind of in theory announcements. And I really think that they're trying to th- they were trying to throw that out there in response to uni- Universal's Epic Universe. They're trying to get people to say, oh, hey, look, our hands up. We are doing stuff. Um, but we're going to, you're going to need to see a little bit more than that because, you know, universal and we've, we can talk about this for one day and on even a whole new episode of the differences and what makes Disney difference. And there is a difference and it is in the, in the people and the cast members and, and their philosophy of how they do things differently. But universal is growing immensely in popularity, mm-hmm. um, not just because of price point, but also just a lot, a lot of stuff. And so we are going to have to see a response on their part. 
Yeah. So well, and it would it also makes sense with, you know, again, the hotel and trying to be this two day immersive thing. Well, if if you made it so it's two day immersive in the hotel and the whole park is Star Wars, then you're gonna not have to worry that people will want to come back because you've involved a massive area with a lot of different attractions versus a hotel with no windows. Or you just make it a hotel itself and provide yeah. like a Grand Californian, how they have a, its own entrance into DCA. Mm-hmm. You just have your own entrance in Hollywood Studios. Lots yeah, of so, so Disney, get on that. We yeah, want the whole park. Uh, we have be, we have it designed it for you, Disney. It's really just simple. Just listen to this episode. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just go. Just just slap on some stickers here and then change things. It would take you. Know, you can get it done in about a month. You get it. No, but they're but they're going to, and, and we know. You know. They're going to have to do something soon because it's not the way it is now. And yeah, hey, guess what? They just uh, they change leaders, but that's okay. That's great. That's that's fine right now. But they're going to have to do something because they're going to get more competition than they've ever had recently. And it's not from Peppa Pig Land, which I, I know did you know did lose you know they lost some people from that, but um, about about ten. But um, that, that's going to be. You know, and, and again, I've you know I've always wanted them to do a uh, apple dumpling gang land, but that's not going to work. Oh, so. that would be so cool! <laughs> yeah, that would be the best. I love the apple dumpling. Yeah, gang. me too. That's the best. Oh, and but they, they, that gosh. would be a great you know. <laughs> but they have they're going to have to do something, and and I think you know who knows, and they might be planning it. We don't know, um, but they're going to have to combat that. It's not going to they're not going to be able to sit pat with raising prices. And and changing things and and not the same customer service that was always there. And then guess what? There's another park that's opening up that a lot of people are going to want to go to. And it's and a, be and a looming recession too. So yeah, the possibility of that is very true. That's right. Yeah. It's yep. amazing. And, there's uh, there's a lot of cool. There's a lot of things like that. I mean, being an Imagineer now has got to be pretty interesting because you had a a downtrodden time and you were you probably were at like wow nothing's happening. I'm not. I'm making. I'm thinking of things, and no one, no one's listening. And now you, you have an opportunity. I can imagine, like their their recent meetings in the last like week or so, with all these ideas that have been that pushed aside for for so long. They're coming up, and they're probably thinking about these things right now. I don't know. You know, obviously we're not we're not would like to be a fly on the wall there, but um, I can imagine that they are thinking of this. That they know that in in two years they're going to be in trouble if they don't do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Black hole the ride. Black that's hole the ride. Yes, that's a good yeah. one. That's what oh, you take. Go, get, get rid of Star Tours and make it black hole the black hole ride, and then move make, and make and put another Star Tours over in in, uh, in Batu. And change beating the Beast Live Show to the Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin Live. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst. I think, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness, that would be so bad. All right, quick, um, quick uh, lightning round, guys, and then we'll 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 end it. So, okay. All right, I'm gonna say. All right, Derek, Brian, then me. Favorite single scene from Andor? Oh, my. Um, wow, you caught me off guard with that one. Yeah, it's it's got to be uh, Marva's monologue. Okay, all right. Yep. That's good, Brian. The explosion of the, of the, of the fact uh, of the, um, the plant, the factory. Um, that, to me, was, was the, the best. Okay, now I'm going to pick uh, Luthen's interaction with the tractor beam. Uh, oh, I thought that was that was that, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that, yeah. All right, one more. All right, all right. Again, Derek, Brian, and me. Favorite character in Andor? Bix. 
Okay. We didn't I think there's Bix. a lot that we haven't seen of her yet. I and... was going to say that too. So uh, that's so funny you said that, Big Scalene. I, 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 I really feel that 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 cat. Yeah, there's there's a reason why she's still around. Oh, okay. totally. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we didn't talk much about her, but okay. Mine's Kino. I, I really liked him. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. he was he he did such a powerful part to me. So, um. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Any last any last thoughts, gentlemen, on Andor or anything we've talked about? It's been a fun show. And I can't wait till the next season. Yeah, I agree. Brian. Yeah, I, I, I the one thing I do wish is I wish I had bought the little little droid from Andor I saw in the store when we were there. Uh, and because it's now it's now like a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, I love that little I droid. Yeah, I know. It's 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 really expensive on eBay right now, so mm. I don't know what happened, but I, I, I I could have bought it for fifteen dollars, and I said, "Ah, well, I'll get it when I, I get it eventually." But now I was very upset. But um, no, that but that that was my biggest thing. I I want this to be to keep continue. I want this to ch- keep getting great, and I think that I want I really 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 want one of that them to win an award because Star Wars hasn't won any awards besides besides musical scores, right, uh, or special effects. I want to definitely see one of these one of these people win something. That I just that would be so yeah. amazing. Great point. So, Mr. Derek Frank, before we exit, please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at thederekfrank.com. That'll have all my links, all the the fun things that I do besides Star Wars. Awesome. What are some of the fun things you do besides Star Wars? Uh, so no. I do uh, I do coaching and um, helping people get brand deals and endorsement deals. I uh, was a artist relations manager in the music industry for almost six years up until a couple months ago. And I've worked with everybody from Steven Tyler to Garth Brooks um, and, and tons of people in between. And so now um, I try to help people utilize their skills that they already have that they don't realize to try to make their brands better. Um, and working with a lot of musicians that are, you know, in the older demographic, they're always like, well, social media is scary. And I don't, I, I'm too, I'm too old to start. And my argument has always been, you're not too old. You forgot how to slow down the record. And that means that when people, uh, had to learn how to play music, you know, even in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, they didn't have the internet. How did they learn to play and how did they become so good? They slowed the record down. Mm, so yeah. anybody that feels like social media and marketing and things today are too much and they can't handle it. it it's a it's a young man's game slow down the record and that's that's what i do to help people that's awesome man so good so brian when you want to pick up your didgeridoo just call no i want to <laughs> I, have, I have to get back in my, yeah i have to get back into beatboxing and i, I, did, I was so I was so good at one time and i can if i could bring that oh, back gosh my rap well, career my rap my rap career was put on hold i have to send Derek some of my demos Oh, brother. Awesome. Derek, just ignore that. Just block his email. <laughs> I'll give it to you offline and you just block it. No. Uh, but Spoonies, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on our Facebook group, A Spoonful of Podcast Spoonie Nation. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us info at a spoonful of podcast.com with your show ideas or questions. Please also don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. So, as always, broadcasting from the backside of water. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody.
Thank you for listening to A Spoonful of Podcast. You can find show notes, ways to follow us on social media, and all episodes on a spoonfulofpodcast.com. Now that you've experienced the magic, it's time for the most dangerous part of our podcast, the return to civilization. Spoonful of podcast, yes we do. Spoonful of podcast, we love you. Spoonful of podcast, it's true. Spoonful of podcast, we love you.